0: You're listening to audio from Redeemer Anglican Church in the urban heart of Richmond, Virginia. We are a parish committed to gospel formation for missional presence through seven essential practices telling the biblical story, embracing a new identity in Jesus, finding belonging in the church community, cultivating virtue through redemptive habits, understanding our context in this current cultural moment laboring in renewed vocations for the common good, and reordering our imaginations through beauty in the arts. To learn more about our church, visit RedeemerRVA.org.
1: The first reading this evening comes from Psalm 78, verses 15 to 26, which you can find on page 489 of your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, please take this home as a gift from Redeemer to you.
0: He split rocks in the wilderness and gave
1: them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and cause waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the most high in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God saying, can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rock so that water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust his saving power. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. And he rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Man ate of the bread of angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens, and by his power, he let out the south wind. The word of the Lord. Now, would you please stand for the reading of the gospel? The gospel reading is John chapter 13, verses 1 to 15. You can find it on page 900 of your Bible. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated.
2: Will you pray once more with me? Lord, we believe that you speak, and so we ask that you would speak to us now by the power of your Holy Spirit. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So my name is Will Clark, and I'm the new campus minister at VCU. And I said new, so we're relatively new to Redeemer. And that means that I don't know lots of y'all. I would love to know you. And so please grab me either tonight or some night in the future um, or after church on a Sunday and introduce yourself. I would love that. Um, I also wanna ask that anyone I met over at the VMFA during coffee hour, uh, come up to me and reintroduce themselves. Uh, because if we met at the VMFA during coffee hour, uh, then I probably didn't hear anything you were saying. Um, because at, the, at coffee hour at the VMFA, I'm always so preoccupied. Uh, I'm always looking right over the shoulder of whoever I'm talking to, scanning the grass for my two and a half year old. And I'm sure if you're a parent of young children, you know that preoccupied feeling. But even if you're not a parent, you know what it is to be preoccupied. You know what it is uh, maybe right now to be here in the building, but to not feel like you can really be present. Uh, Maybe you're thinking about the work you've just come from, or maybe the work you're headed to after you leave this place. Uh, Maybe you're preoccupied because you have a toddler sitting in your lap. We know what it is to be preoccupied. And I think of all the people in the world and of all the nights in the history of the world, Jesus in John 13 had reason to feel preoccupied, didn't he? And we see this in our text. In verse one, John says, Jesus' hour has come. That's John's shorthand for saying the weekend of the crucifixion is here. Everything Jesus has been doing up to this point has been building to this moment. Verse two, he says, the devil is at work which is a pretty intense thing to say. Uh, John doesn't talk about the devil a lot. This is actually the first time that he talks about the devil doing anything. He's about to be betrayed by one of his closest friends. And we just heard it in the liturgy. This is the night that Christ, the Lamb of God, gave himself into the hands of those who would slay him. And I think given all that, it would be fair if Jesus spent this final evening with the disciples sort of staring over their shoulders, preoccupied. And in a manner of speaking, he was preoccupied. Uh, There was one thing that he was thinking about, one thing that he was focused on, one thing that was his concern to the exclusion of everything else. And do you know what it was? It was love, love. That is what he was preoccupied with. And so what I wanna do in just our brief time tonight is to consider the love of Jesus, And particularly what I wanna consider is how Jesus' love comes to us and redirects us. Because that's exactly how the disciples experience Jesus' love um, in this text. Chapter 13 is a turning point in John's gospel. Uh, For 12 chapters, Jesus has been telling the story of, John has been telling the story of Jesus' public ministry. Uh, Jesus has been proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom He's been performing signs of his kingdom and he's been instructing the crowds in the ways of the kingdom. That's chapter 12. This is, and in chapter 12, this comes to its pinnacle uh, in what we looked at last week, Palm Sunday, as Jesus, the king, rides into the royal city to take his place on the throne. This is chapter 13. And we move from the public ministry of Jesus to the private, from the noise of the crowds shouting Hosanna, to the quiet of the upper room. Jesus is king and he knows that the father has given all things into his hands. And so what does he do? He rises from supper, he lays aside his outer garments, ties a towel around himself, gets water and starts washing the disciples dirty feet. Now, what we need to know about foot washing in the ancient world is that it would have been customary for a host to do one of two things either to leave water out so that guests could wash themselves when they arrived or to have a slave or a servant present to wash the feet of guests. It was considered a very lowly task and a superior would never wash the feet of an inferior. But Jesus turns all that on its head. And what we see in John chapter 13 is Christ the King taking the place of a servant. And for us, I think we hear this and that sounds just like the kind of thing we expect Jesus to do. a uh, Christ the servant king. We're so familiar with this that it, it kind of gives us the warm fuzzies, doesn't it? But that's not at all how the disciples experience it. Uh, Peter, in particular, freaks out. and he freaks out for a couple reasons. Uh, one is because this is just not what kings do. This is not befitting of the king that they've been following. But the other reason he freaks out is because the disciples had plans for Jesus. They had been following him for years. They were ready for him to inaugurate his kingdom, uh, to throw off Roman oppression and restore the heavenly city. The Gospel of Luke even tells us that they spent some of that final evening arguing about which one of them was going to be the greatest when they came into Jesus' kingdom. But Jesus in love comes to redirect them away from their ideas about his kingdom, away from their selfish agendas, and towards his mission of self-giving love in the world. Jesus is giving them a sign of his kingdom. He's saying, this is what my kingdom is about. And so one question for us tonight is, where do you need Jesus' love to come and redirect you? When I think of all the plans that I have for Jesus, um, all the ways that I want Jesus to work in my life, uh, all the times that I've looked at my life and said, Jesus, this is not the way this was supposed to go. Um, it, it fills me with, with fear and trembling, honestly. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you wanna follow Jesus, but you also really love your comfort, and so you want Jesus to secure your comfort. And maybe there's some habit of mind or heart or body that you notice during this Lenten season that Jesus needs to come and redirect and heal Maybe you want Jesus to change you, but not so you can experience more of his love, but just so that you don't have to feel so foolish and needy and weak all the time. Would you let love come and redirect you away from trusting in yourself and towards trusting in Jesus? Or maybe you're here tonight and you're at a point where you don't even know what to make of Jesus. Would you dare to trust this King who washes feet? The good news for all of us is the love that we see from Jesus in this passage. He loves the disciples before they understand. He loves the disciples before their priorities are aligned with his. He loves them before he redirects them, when they're still preoccupied with building their own kingdoms. And he washes their feet, even though he's about to abandon them. Peter is going to deny him, Judas is going to betray him, and the rest are going to flee. He even washes the feet of his enemies. Do you know a God like that? If you're in Christ, this is the love that Jesus has for you. And so what I want to say is that if you're here tonight, you're here because Jesus in his love has drawn you. And so the invitation of tonight is to receive his love, to receive his love and then to let his love redirect you. And then come to this table and let him nourish you with his love. Only when we receive his love will it be true of us that we love because he first loved us. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we need your help for any of this to be true. And so we ask that you would open our eyes that we might see you, that you would change our hearts, that we would desire you. And you would order our steps that we may walk in the way of this new commandment to love in the way that you have loved us. we pray all this through Christ, amen
0: thank you for listening to connect with our team or to learn more about our church visit RedeemerRVA.org we look forward to knowing you go in peace